Hello all, welcome to the Consistently OK podcast, a podcast where we dive into all things pop culture related from comics to films and everything in between. <laughs> Look at me, I'm the captain now, or at least until Luke wakes up. So everyone, welcome once again to another episode of the Consistently OK podcast, a show that um, blah blah blah, something about setting the bar really really low. Whatever. Anyway, my name's Harry, as you know. Luke's unconscious, and Nick is tied to a chair. So, uh, let's see how this goes. Good. Talk to me. Uh, how to start this. Um, so now that Luke's gone, we can discuss the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, the meat um, of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, left for the best one. <laughs> so... This is just my my plan from the beginning, was to just slowly just force Luke out, and then and then it'll be my podcast. So I'm, you're also on the block. So like, if, if this is the first time this will happen, but eventually you and Luke will both have to go. It will just be left with me. It's just going to steer you. this ship. Yeah, <laughs> talking directly into a camera and microphone. Intensity. Yeah, it's going to have a, it's going to have video as well as audio because obviously people need to see this face. <laughs> Intense. Anyway. Um, okay, so I guess because Revenge of the Sith is all three of our favourites, I think we should just dive into like why it's our favourite. And I think the probably the best place to start for that would be the start in the... Yeah, we, we probably match an opinion as well. So if we just go around it chronologically, we'll have like, yeah. we can just we can bounce off one another's opinion of it because I think otherwise you'll just be saying yes and I'll go, yes, yes. I agree. So yeah. I think the very opening. much the opening is still one of those things that, like, I remember seeing it in the cinema and going, like, wow, this is amazing. It's yeah. just intense. It immediately drops you in. It's just crazy. And I remember the camera angle. It starts off being really cool as well, though. You're, are, you, are you, like, underneath the ships or something? Because yeah. they, cr- they cross over, don't they? Yeah. And then you, you follow, the, like, the starfighters. Yeah. Like that, whatever way it is. Like, I think you're looking down. Yeah, because yeah, there's comes, the classic yeah. shot they always do in Star Wars with like a star destroyer coming coming yeah. into shot, yeah. and you basically it, it's sort of the same thing. But I think it's two star is it two star destroyers crossing? I think it is two because then it remember. reveals like the whole battle, and you're just like, oh my god! Yeah, and then there's there like they're like side on. Yeah, they're going side to side with the with the droid ships and things. Yeah, yeah, something that, like that. Like, where, like big frigate shot isn't shot. Yeah, and that like the score is great. It's just instantly you're just in this position of like, oh fuck this whole thing is kicking off and it's a very engrossing and for me it kind of sets the pace of the film in the in the same way that I was saying Attack of the Clones is kind of slow and it, it trudges through what it's doing I think Revenge of the Sith is like just foot on the pedal from the start like it never really yeah. lets down it's like keep going keep going and then at the end it's just like absolute crescendo this is everything um I would say at this stage, though, I think that a lot of the, like what Luke said earlier, a lot of the, the success of the third film is that the plot is essentially already written. Where yeah. Everyone knows it's the, it's the point where Anakin's got to go bad. So it's just the, how you lead up to it. It's obviously been written really well to like pace the way you say, but the plot, I don't think, was ever an issue. Because yes, you know it's going to start with the ending yep. of the Clone Wars, so you've just got to basically you've got to connect the dot between how the Clone Wars end and how that fucked Anakin. Yeah, and it's like I'm not saying anyone could have done it, but I feel like that that's the easiest plot of the three to have written. Yeah, but it, the payoff is great. Like it is a really solid. I solid think that's, film that's anyway. the thing as well is like even though you know what's going to happen, that like going into it, you know the big thing of of Anakin falling it's still done in such a way that you're like, this is so intense and it's, it's heart wrenching. And it's, I think partly because of that pace that from the off, it sets this pace that it's building and building and building. And it doesn't let you down in the sense that when it does happen, it matches everything you want it to be. And it's a little bit more, I think in that I'd always kind of thought of, Mm -hmm. you know, the moment that Anakin changes, it would be, I never thought of it being like an emotional thing between obi-wan and anakin i always thought it would just be like a a brutal oh that's why he went so dark but Mm. it's it's brutal in the sense that visually it's savage and also emotionally like their relationship is is heavy and and i go back to the start it, it dovetails in that the start of it 
is very much them working together and them combating through this this battle and going to get Dooku and all this stuff and then it ends with the two of them against each other and I think that's a it's a nice mirror that they've kind of got there in terms of the the story mm. it's, it does show the full the full sort of swing doesn't it because like you say it starts with that they're very much still a unit yeah and then very quickly the film manages and it's what it, the thing is it's quick but it's, it's done very quickly rather throughout was it two hours worth of film yeah but it feels correct doesn't it it's very well paced it yeah, doesn't feel rushed no god no it, it the pacing is perfect and i i think the opening it sets that, that maybe that time. is like thanks partly though to a lot of the things that the other two prequels did like you've yeah. already had a lot of the the ground i mean obviously you've laid a lot of the ground already but i think the the third one doesn't have to doesn't have to sort of explain a lot because you've already seen whether you like the other films or not you've basically been given an introduction to all of anakin's struggle essentially yeah. so the only the only new struggle in this of course is that he believes padme is going to die which is obviously the, the big one but like it it's i think the success of it of of the of the um emotion between obi-wan and anakin is because you have seen them on screen now for for two films and yeah. you've seen them both age like Ewan McGregor looks like a child in yeah, the first in the, one. In, yeah. Like so young when you rewatch it. And then like, obviously in the second one, he's kind of, you know, a bit of a beard, but older. And then it's, it's well done with obviously makeup and things and, and the way they've styled him with like his beard and that. But you do feel like you've, even though it's only over, they've been released over the span of a couple of years, you do feel like it's been a long time. Yeah, so that's yeah, definitely it works yeah. really well. That's something that I, I, I definitely would give it credit for, actually, in the sense that with something like Rings, which I mentioned earlier on, it with that, I guess because it was that was like a yearly release. I'm pretty sure that was like one in 2001, one in 2002, yeah. one in 2003. They come quick, yeah. Yeah, whereas with Star Wars, it was like one in 99, one in 2002, one in 2004, five. I don't know. I, I'm so I bad like with dates. Let me just double check, but I think Revenge of the Sith might have been 2005, which is like a three-year gap between Attack and, mm. and Revenge, which is a a long... Yeah, it was 2005. So it's a long wow. break between those those films. Wow. wow. So, <laughs> so I feel like, again, it it does do that in that you do feel like you've been on a, a longer journey with these characters. Maybe um, as well it gives you a little bit of time to sort of get over anything you didn't like about the last film as well do you know what i mean yeah. like you're not you're not going straight into the next film carrying any negative weight because i feel like i definitely was with the the um sequel tr- the newest trilogy of star wars films because i d- really disliked um last jedi uh last jedi's yeah and then it was so soon it felt that I watched Rise of Skywalker. I was already carrying the, like, the baggage of the things I didn't like. So I was almost like ready to not enjoy the film, It's a, yeah. like, if you know what I mean. And I think if you... Rings did really well because they were all great. So whatever the gap was going to be, it would have been fine. There was nothing I had against any of them. But with, like you say, with the, with the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, there's the two like iffy... It's like a rocky start. It's not hate... You don't hate it, but you're not fully... Like that was a ten out of ten film each time. I think the gap between Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith is long enough that you maybe you're just going into it with the things you liked or knowing where you're picking up from. And because the plot, you already know what the plot is before you watch the film. If you know anything about Star Wars, you're not worrying about any of the things that have been, other than the parts that are significant to the plot, which don't offend you at that point anyway. It's not like you have to carry, like I would, I wouldn't be carrying over any of the cringe I thought with Padme and that because that's been done. And it's it's relevant only to the point that they're in a relationship. There's there's nothing, the CGI can't haunt you, a film down the line, if they fix it, which they did. It's way better in, in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So it's sort of like you you go into it with completely fresh eyes because it's had a good a good gap between. I feel yeah. like it's a, it, it, it sort of healed itself for a lot of people. Yeah, you're probably right there, and and definitely, again, kind of reiterating the the kind of opening scene here. I think the opening scene is very much a reflection of that. That it's just after Attack of the Clones, which is is very, like you said, the plot of it is good, and it, it it's a clever storyline in that it does set up how everything is going to play out. 
the execution yeah. on it means you sort of trudge through it. But then Revenge of the Sith is just bang straight away open. Here's an action scene. Here's the death of Dooku. Here's Grievous. Here's the downfall of Anakin. And then it's just basically straight into like here's Anakin Obi Wan. It's it's pretty quick mm-hmm. to kind of go mm-hmm. through everything, but it does it at a a great pace. And and I think because you've got that that time away from the the slowness of Attack of the Clones, it hits you even more. That you almost go yeah, into definitely. the accept, expectation that you're like this is going to be a little bit slower until the end, but it's not it, all the way through. It's just this this kind of bombardment of fuck kind of moments. Yeah, it does. It does have a really good pace throughout. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the other interesting choice is to to kill off Dooku so early. In the, I mean, mm. it, it's within the first half an hour of the film, maybe even the first like twenty minutes. It's, Did you see it coming when you watched it? I don't know. The first time, probably yeah. not. The first time, I was probably like, "Yeah, he'll die at some point." But I, I didn't see it mm. coming so quick. Again, talking about poor kind of dialogue choices. You know, Revenge of the Sith does have its its downsides, and I do think that the dialogue in that scene isn't the best. In that, yeah, there, the, there's some there's some rope, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I think the minute you know Anakin goes to kill him, and and some guy who's supposed to be like a politician senator guys like execute him pull him <laughs> strings you wouldn't you know <laughs> wouldn't you be a bit like what like that's... yeah it just it that did jump out as a weird decision Anakin. i can't think of a scenario where i've got my worst enemy on his knees with no hands let's add <laughs> no hands no weapon i've got his weapon and my weapon crossed across his neck ready to cut his head <laughs> off and i've and i've paused because i thought I'm a Jedi, like yeah. I, don't, I don't just murder people. And then, like some politician who I know since I was a kid, but not really like a dad or anything, yeah. just goes, "Do it." <laughs> I don't. I think my brain would go, "Nah, what?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would just push me over the edge to cut a guy's head off. But you know, he's got to go. He's got to go it, downwards. I think at the very least, maybe that's why Anakin's Anakin. Yeah. There would definitely be a conversation there of like, wait, can we just talk about yeah. it? <laughs> what, did, what did you say? Like, did you just tell me to <laughs> like, murder a guy? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but, and he, the thing is, he goes, even like retorts, and he's like, I shouldn't. It's not the Jedi way. <laughs> yeah. How do, what, what does he say? It's, no, he, t- he just just say, do it, doesn't it? Yeah. And, it, and that is enough, yeah. which I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that he is like a hidden Sith Lord and he's got some sort of power of mind over him. But... Yeah, it did yeah. seem too easy, didn't it? But yeah, it, I guess they had to push it somehow. Yeah, that's probably like, I guess the the downside of that quicker pace is that stuff like that isn't necessarily fully fleshed out. Yeah, especially in the way that it happens as well, like where it's like Obi Wan and Anakin go in, and then Obi Wan just gets like thrown and like is knocked out effectively. It's a very poor bit of CGI actually, then, which we haven't thought of when like Count Dooku sort of pulls down that bit of bridge yeah, yeah. and it like and it should yeah shoves him across the floor it doesn't look great yeah and also the size of that bit of stuff he pushes onto <laughs> yeah. it would just crush him yeah. it's, it's like that's not that's not just like a shunt across the floor that's a that's your flat like yeah. obi-wan would be in a wheelchair for yeah. sure like yeah. man it's hectic yeah but you know it, it helps to to get the rest of the film i think that's the thing it's like it, yeah that is like a poor moment, but then the stuff that you get from it that is because of it is much better. You can kind of sort of forgive it for just how good the rest of it is. Yeah. So you're it's where it leads more so. Yeah, definitely. And again, there's no kind of like Anakin Padme weird romance stuff in this really. It just feels natural, doesn't it, in this one? Yeah. Like there's there's nothing about their romance that what did I say before? I can't remember the wording I used, but yeah, it, it it's just removed, isn't it, from what you yeah. saw in Attack of the Clones. It's not too like heavy For it sure. just feels natural it definitely feels like it's just an integral part of the story it doesn't feel like an add-on yeah. or like a. I, don't know I mean i'll completely i'll completely retract if it if it was the case that they if that was the angle they were taking because if if it was that they wanted them to be like immature and, and silly and to move on to the next chapter and be quite serious and all the credit to to hayden and um uh Natalie Portman. Mine's gone blank. Natalie Portman, yeah, for, for acting it because it comes off like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt like I connected more with it in in um, Revenge of the Sith. But yeah. 
yeah that that works solidly throughout the other thing that revenge of the sith does well is that it gives palpatine the spotlight for a lot of it in the yes you know he's always the the player in the background even in return of the jedi you know he's still the guy in the background who's like you're so focused on luke and and vader's storyline and their fight and stuff yeah revenge of the sith is very much like palpatine's moment to shine do you know what i remember as well when those films came out i i knew that ian mcdermott was the same actor who played the emperor yeah and like obviously if you know about the plot you're like that's who that is yeah shit he's the hidden sith you sort of know all along but i remember my older brother didn't believe it i was like no ian mcdermott i was like it's the same actor so it doesn't mean he's playing the same character like they can recast you as someone else i was like yeah, but he's like the, the hidden Sith. And my brother did not, honestly, this is not a joke, he did not see it coming. Mental. He didn't realise Palpatine was the Sith Lord until he confesses it in the film. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like, what? Like, Two films ago, mate, I told it's Ian McDermott, eight-year-old me, having yeah. watching Phantom Menace. He's like, oh, that's, that's Palpatine. That's Palpatine. <laughs> and then second film that's like, definitely Palpatine he's involved in everything and then the third film you're like because you get all those little snippets of him in like the robes it's like it's Ian McDermott's face yeah. obviously so it's yeah. and then yeah my brother's like nah and then like even at the end of the second one where you see him like stood on the podium and all the clone troopers are there and it's like this is just a reflection of the emperor and the, the stormtroopers <laughs> yeah. right Don't and my brother's like, no, no. yeah my brother's like he's a politician it's a, it's a, what, what are you on about <laughs> like Tom mate the name drop shamed him live <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea and it's like yeah until he until he has the one one-on-one with Anakin and literally confesses he is the Sith Lord at, at my brother's there just like what so like literally the scene with Mace Window it wasn't yeah even, so, so oh my god no, it wasn't no, even the, like you know, the Anakin do goes to see him. no no when he goes to see him and he's like uh oh what's the what's the line he says He's like, my mentor taught me everything there is to know about the Force. And he's like, even the nature of the dark side. And he turns and, and Anakin's like, you're the Sith Lord. That was when Tom <laughs> like snapped. He was like, what? <laughs> Three solid films. Constantly me telling him it's the same actor. Pointing out all the, all the shots with his face being like, obviously in McDermott in a hood. Come on, like that, that's the Emperor. Nope. I mean, <laughs> at, least until the then. Surprise. at least the film surprised someone. You know? Oh, I bet he looked. I bet, yeah, absolutely yeah. took him off his feet. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't notice it. it was, but yeah. amazing. So there was one person in the world, at least, that Crazy. didn't realise Palpatine was the Sith Lord until Alan um, did. Speaking of that scene, then I think we should discuss like that kind of the shift of Anakin in that scene because I think again that's something mm. that's, that's really well written in like the scene between him and Anakin and Mace Windu that it's just Anakin is so far gone and the reasoning of Mace Windu being like can you not can you not see this and it's just like he's blinded by this fear of death this fear that's like mm. I just I, I don't want to end up losing somebody I love again which I think is a, a, a good motive as well like I like that the motive that they uh, settled on with Vader in terms of like how he becomes Vader is the loss of a loved one it's, like, it's think, selfless, isn't it? Which is good. Yeah. It's not like a quest for his own power. It's, uh, I mean, beyond the point of saving someone, but it's only for saving someone else. Yeah. And I so think it's it, sort of, yeah, it is, it's noble. It really holds up with the whole like lineage storyline in that, you know, when you get to Return of the Jedi, you're like, of course he's going to turn back into being Anakin at the end of Return because it's that same thing that it's like, you know, he lost somebody he loved once and now he's got two kids and it's just like, you know, he could still turn and, 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 be good and so that fight is there mm. for him it's an it's a again it's a nice mirror i think that's the thing that revenge of the sith does so well is that it mirrors a lot of the moments in the original trilogy that it's just like it's, it's giving those yeah. moments on the on the other side so i think that scene is just such an integral moment to kind of point out and, and say I, I think it really dives into the complete turn of anakin also gives you the best emperor moments the I'm weak. It's like the perfect thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just... It, it is. Do you know what? It's funny because I, I watched the film and I sort of... There's nothing wrong with it. It's just... It is so easily presented <laughs> yeah. into meme format. And yeah. that film gives you gives us so much meme. 
yeah. is unbelievable. <laughs> like, like scene by scene, there is. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. that rhymed. I did not pre-plan that, <laughs> but oh man, it's good. And Just, most of them are Palpatine. Let's be honest. And I don't know what it is. It's not like bad acting or anything like that. It just literally is so. Yeah. It's just so quotable, yeah. and the lines are so they just, they just fit into like any scenario. So. Yeah. The, like you can literally crop like cut and paste it and it's like you could just dump that into a conversation so yeah the amount people of make memes i've seen both that people are just doing the i'm weak and then followed by like yeah. power it's just yeah it's genius. <laughs> it really is gold it is good but yeah so i thought that was really cool jumping into that as well mace windu i feel like yes. again probably uh i mean he gets some spotlight in attack of the clones cuts Django's head off you know pretty cool moment isn't it yeah in this you know going toe to toe with the emperor pretty yeah well as well he's he's sort of anakin's jedi nemesis isn't he because he's very anti-anakin which yeah i'm totally on board with because i would be if i was on the jedi council like what this kid just gets in when he's a too old and all the rest of it he's kind of like a rule breaker just because he's the chosen one so yeah i totally get mace windu being a bit of a dick towards him but that's why it's so good as well because there's the redemption thing and that's where anakin like double fucks it because he kind of like he gets to that point where mace windu's like right if 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 you're what you're telling me about the emperor or well about palpatine uh, is true that he's the sith lord you've gained my trust and it's like anakin mate you've righted everything like everything's on course to be to be good and well because your dream's just a dream Although, like your others came true, it doesn't necessarily mean it will. It's a premonition, but it, it, it's what will come true if you go down the darker path, which he doesn't realise. So it makes a lot of sense that he he comes back and and ends up nailing Mace Windu. Yeah. But there is that point where you watch it and you just like when you know what's going to happen after you've seen it the first time and you know how it goes down. You rewatch that scene where he's like sat in the council and all the Jedi have gone off to get. Palpatine like and if Anakin had just stayed there everything would have been fine yeah and you're like ah oh. but that that's the Gutted. that's like the the smartness of that writing like the the script is that it's just that film is full of those moments where you just like if if he'd chosen one thing differently it would have changed yeah. everything <clears throat> but the path that he goes down you can yeah. understand why he goes down it you can relate to it but at the same oh, you'd be the same. Imagine being like crippled by paranoia of having having had a lifetime where all your nightmares come true, like your mother dies the exact way you dreamt it, you know, and like all your premonitions, and then you get to a point in your life when you've got past that, you're now doing well at what you're doing, and you get a premonition that the one, the only person left that you really love, is going to die in a specific way that you've dreamt about, because it is childbirth he dreams about, isn't it? And he knows yeah. she's pregnant now as well because it comes up when you're in the shoe in his shoes when you know you've revealed who the big bad is you found that much out that's another piece of his life as well that's been that's toppled because someone he looked up to turns out to be a the baddest man on in the universe and then like you're told look you've gained my trust from someone who didn't like you he's, he's basically on top of the world to write everything if he does nothing and in doing nothing he feels he's going to lose the one he loves. So obviously if, if you're sat how he was alone with your thoughts, while someone's going off to deal with a problem that, you know, deal with a bad guy who is the only person who knows your secret and has told you that it can be, he can resolve it. You probably do the exact same thing. Um, yeah. Totally. Maybe not sure up and take out Mason Windu, but you, you're not going to just sit there, are you? So, and it probably would eventually lead down the same way, you know, ripples in a, in a stream and all that. Yeah, it definitely is. And it it's like kind of seeing that fight scene between uh, Palpatine and Mace Windu is very much just the last straw in Anakin making the decision to go down that route. And so it's like, fuck. Going off of that as well, do you reckon, because they keep talking about Mace Windu being like in another series or something like bringing his character back do you reckon he died do you reckon i mean like you look at it and you're like he's having your arm cut off or hand not gonna kill you like that's fine and he gets electrocuted big style and you're like mm, that's that's usually a certified yeah. death but it's it's star wars plenty of other people get electrocuted like luke gets electrocuted by them force lightning for longer than Mace yeah. Windu does. So you're like, yeah, sure. That's probably not Friday. 
but then he does get tossed, tossed across the window city. that's like <laughs> a, a million miles high. So my my instinct is like he's dead, but I'm not against the idea of him being alive, if you know what I mean. Like if you look at what the rest of the planet's like in all the other films when they're on Coruscant, it's all very high. So he's got a long way to fall. Yeah. So being, know, a, being a Jedi Master, maybe you can pull some some shit out the back. I've always kind know. of thought about it is that if they did bring him back like i don't think they'd do this because i think it's a little bit too dark but i really like the idea that if they Make did him a bring baddie him, yeah but because hero yeah because, sure. because but because he's got amnesia like that the the, oh. the mm. attack like both the electrocution and then the, the throwing across coruscant left with amnesia so he sort <laughs> Just of wakes, that little wound like not knowing who he is and then he gets involved in like the cd kind of underground of coruscant at the time of the rise of the empire so it's like he's just got to kind of build his thing and he becomes like i'd love to see in the sense that if you know if they did like a crimson dawn series and they followed the darth maul kind of underground crime syndicate wouldn't it be really cool if one of those other syndicates that's running is mace windu and you just you'd be a bit like fuck because then it also you see you it working at a dark angle, yeah. A really cool moment where like he remembers who he is or something. And that would be such a like a touching moment to just be like, fuck. He I've just goes to... off on one and murders everyone in his, <laughs> yeah. in his syndicate. Because he's like, these are bad people. Bad. Yeah. I am not. I mean, it'd be cool. I, I'm, like I said, I'm not at all against the idea. I love Samuel L. Jackson. And I think he was a really cool, cool Jedi. So why not? Yeah. Why not? I think, I think, I think like... I think every anything is justifiable in sci-fi, isn't it? Let's be honest. Like yeah. they've done crazier twists than people dying, like big style, and brought them back. So yeah, yeah, why not? Like I'd I'd be up for it. I wouldn't be against the idea. I think my my my, my logic says he would have definitely died, but inside I'm like, yeah, fucking bring him back. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna freak out. Could it be cool though, like if he rocks up in the Obi Wan series? Obi Wan's like, where you been, mate? And Mace Windu's just like, dude, you would not believe the shit I've put up with. Um, <laughs> Mate, I, I kind of like it, but at the same time, my, my vision of the Obi-Wan series is very skeletal. I like the idea of it being bleak. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't do like, as well. Because essentially he's isolated. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm open to Sam Jackson stepping back in and like, doing something with it. Just... Before we go into the final bit of Revenge of the Sith, because I really want to talk about that final fight, because it's it, it's like the go-to emotional core between friends and brothers that I always talk about. I think it does it so smartly. The Obi-Wan series, I think mm. it's probably a good space to kind of talk about it. Like we did it a little bit on the last podcast, but I think because Revenge of the Sith is so close to what they're going to do with the Obi-Wan series... I mean, you've got Hayden Christensen back. I yeah, assume it's Vader, but it could be... That was be, a big bit. But it could be like flashback to Clone Wars as well. You know, they could do bits there. Um, yeah. But he still looks ter- super young, so... Yeah. yeah do whatever they like. In terms of that series, I think you and I have talked about it before where we both said it would be cool if it was a little bit like Logan in that it was yes. like, you know, that kind of... the The loner on his last kind of mission his last thing that, to kind of get yeah. through i don't know how much they're going to go down that route and in my head it's really hard to take obi-wan from tatooine because he's there to look after like to watch over Luke. yeah like how much can you give obi-wan room to explore on tatooine how much can you do on there yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because like, I think there's a lot that could go on because they can do what they like with tattooing. The place is crazy. Yeah, but yeah, it does it does ground him a lot, and I think it would work with a plot like if it was Logan esque, like we said, because it's quiet and being in the desert is quite desolate. They can easily run with that, but then it's like, what do you do within those confines to not make it to, for it not to be boring? Because his mission's not going to change throughout any of it. Because he's he's just looking over Luke. So what happens in between? I don't know. I wonder if they bring Darth Maul in and do a live action version of the same where he thing. kills Darth Maul. Possibly. I mean, like the set um, of that. Yeah. I, I didn't. Was it Clone Wars or 
Yeah. Oh no, it might be Rebels. I don't know. Rebels. I only saw they do it. I've seen the clip, but it's basically Darth Maul. Yeah, it is Rebels actually, because it's after the Ezra thing. I wondered that too before I watched it, and then when I saw it, I think it would be too hard to write that in to the series without it kind of like jarring a little bit. I mean, they might do it, but I think it would jar too much with, with what they do. I like the idea of if they, with Vader, if they did it as like in the same kind of like parallel of Logan being haunted by like what happened at the mansion and being around mutants. Mm. I'd love it if Obi-Wan is haunted by yeah. Vader. But yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be clever. I don't know how it works considering they haven't encountered each other again. I don't know how you do that. Um, yeah, true. I do like the idea I feel like of that. I wonder how they could also... My, my big one, I think, is, is Qui-Gon Jinn. I think that should be integral. Because it's a big point that Yoda makes where he's like, I can I can teach you how to communicate with your old master. Yeah. That's that's gotta be in there. Yeah. Um and I know Ilium Neeson said he's open to it, but hasn't heard anything yet. But that means nothing. That means you may as well be in it for all all intents and purposes. Like spoilers, you're not gonna drop a spoiler yourself, are you? So I feel like that's gonna happen. And then yeah. the Darth Vader thing, I'm sort of like, I, I don't I don't want him to meet Darth Vader because I feel like it would detract from A New Hope where he meets Vader. It's yeah. like, that's his, I want that to be his first meeting. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. his first time meeting him and that's it. I feel, I, I want, I think he, I wouldn't be opposed to Vader being in it, but I'd more have it as like a, almost like a, what's, what's the word? Like a, like a, a back and forth between mental thing. Like they, they use, like between, within the force. So maybe Anakin is, is Darth Vader, but, to obi-wan he's presented as as anakin yeah and then kind of like the the kylo and ray relationship kind of thing like the yes yeah yeah Yeah, similar similar to that yeah yeah i think i'd like that um because you could have a constant battle of like him basically fending off vader from finding out where he is which could be something like say that um the qui-gon's tutoring how to to do do, yeah which could be interesting because then you've got an arc of like learning with yeah. obi-wan because otherwise because he is a jedi master so it's like there's not really a whole lot yeah to like, learn yeah it's kind of like develop yeah. there yeah so I, but the only thing like still to learn is how to become a force ghost right because that's yeah. that's the last thing yeah so i feel like that, there could be a lot of that would be really cool as well if like a lot of that series is about obi-wan like accepting death like coming to terms with becoming a force mm. ghost, you know, embracing that that's yeah. his next step and not knowing when. But it could be it could like be very way. bleak, but it's just wondering how Far Disney will take it. Really, yeah, because yeah. 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 you don't want it to be depressing. But yeah, I think I think if they made it hopeful, which they very much can, because it's not there's nothing finite about about becoming a force ghost. It's not like you're dead. Yeah, you're obviously just carrying on. So I think there's a lot to do with it. And based on the way Disney and Pixar present a lot of their emotional content no doubt they'll figure it out but I, f- I feel like that's the angle i'd take with it if, if i was presented an obi-wan spin-off series i'd be like yeah it's got to be the the qui-gon thing primarily and then yep. see where where that goes and i think but, yeah. bringing this into the the prequels talk i think mm. their relationship is is integral to to giving almost that emotional core for everyone because talking about that last fight that fight is built up of like a it's an amazing looking fight like it's so quick it's so visceral um i remember reading at the time as well that digitally they had to slow the fight down because the actors moved so quick that you couldn't quite see it like yeah it, i know they're rehe- like what you see in the film is like slowed at points or something yeah they rehearse so aggressively yeah and um, you can really see it which is great yeah it is like there's a connection there and they're both giving it their all and i think it just if they can bring that essence into the obi-wan series and kind of maintain it i think it'll be something really mm-hmm. special because with tv you know tv is such a focus on character it's such a focus on developing these kind of characters that you follow across six episodes eight episodes whatever it is if the essence of that fight scene is in the tv series i think they're onto a winner there because that fight scene every time i watch it fuck it's just there's there's one point in that fight scene that i find very jarring <clears throat> okay and it pains me to say it because i don't dislike it but it's one point where i just think is there for for purely for 
demo is there's a part when they both get up on a table and instead of going to strike, they both do like some flurry thing and they look like spinning their lightsabers oh, yeah, and spinning yeah. them behind their back. And so they do like a load of spinning with their blades yeah. and then connect. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. I'm 50-50 whether like that's an excellent demonstration of like nerve to see who breaks first. Like they're like they're drawing their weapons, they're doing some fucking crazy shit and being like, yeah. who's gonna go? Who's gonna go? And they go at the same time. Yeah. Or whether it just feels like they put that in to show off. To show off. Yeah. But I, think, I don't hate it, but it's like it's the only bit of the whole combat where I'm like, I don't really know what they what they intended with this. <laughs> I think visually as well, there are bits where it stutters, but I think the bulk of it is is incredible, especially when oh, you yeah, get yeah. like that shot where the two of them like swing at each other and then they both like grab their hands and the the, oh, the lava kicks up, up yeah, and yeah. it's just yeah. There's so much like struggle and animosity in it it's just so Tell you what the, you also get the um i could be wrong but what feels like the longest cinematic leap of all time is when the there's that like the section things like that, going yeah. over the waterfall and anakin like <laughs> I even my brain goes it's ridiculous but i get so amped every time i watch <laughs> yeah. it because it's so good but you just like the things tipping over the, the waterfall, the lava waterfall, and the beam he's on, he's right on one end. And as it like swings over, he just runs the, the whole length, length of the beam of it, and yeah. lunges like two football fields <laughs> <laughs> down the fucking lava river. And you're like, yeah, that's obscene. But so, and, it, and the best part is he, it's like, it's not even that he does that. He then lands on like a little droid. Like it's like a hovering platform that's about a foot wide. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, Man, if this guy isn't the chosen one, <laughs> I don't know who the fuck is. Because yeah, that is single-handedly the greatest like acrobatic feat I've ever seen in, it's in so, anything. So impressive. <laughs> I think as well, like when you get to the end of that fight and Obi Wan, it's exhausting, yeah. isn't it? It you is. Do, but, you do get to the end, you're like, but when Obi Wan gets the high ground, oh yeah, shit. that was a dumb move, wasn't it? Yeah, and their dialogue that is some of the best Star Wars dialogue, I think the back and forth between them it's just mm. so, so it's the strong. it's the it's the emotional chosen one thing as well that's yeah and he's like or delivers the you and my brother line and you just like Fuck. did you ever play the i mean i played it on playstation but i'm sure it was i think there's a game for playstation 2 it's the revenge of the sith game and you could play the last fight as anakin or obi-wan either or and you could do there was a cinematic they did for the game where you win as anakin so if you played as Anakin and beat Obi Wan, yeah. it showed you showed yeah, you what happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it kind of ruins all of Star Wars because Obi Wan dies. I remember that being quite fun. Them just yeah. chucking in like a. It was a, that was a cool like game a, actually. I thought it was pretty good for like a, a kind of video game movie tie-in. Yeah. I remember playing that a lot yeah. and really enjoying it. It was decent, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite satisfying. I remember. I mean, let's not talk too much about the video game, but yeah. I do remember playing the the parts where you'd attack the droids at the opening of the game, and it was really satisfying. How, I mean, they didn't cut up exactly how you how you cut them, but they sort yeah. of fell to bits and like scattered about the floor. I was like, that was, that was cool. It was yeah. a satisfying game. But yeah, Did I. You, I when you get to that fight scene as well and he he delivers the kind of you and my brother i think mm. that was the first time that it was like i'd thought of their relationship i mean at the time when i was younger i, I didn't really think of it at all i was just like this is epic but as i got older i then started thinking i was like their relationship it's sort of easy to kind of take it as like father and son because mm. obi-wan is older than anakin mm. in episode one and there's that yeah. a real gap between them and then it sort of doesn't seem like there's as much of a gap in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith but when you get to, to Revenge and he says that it's like oh they were brothers it wasn't a father-son thing that was very much like yeah. they weren't friends they were they were. I, t- I tell you what's a really good thing to watch that summarises this whole point and summarises all the styles essentially is on the there's like a, the extras for the Mandalorian. There's a directing, I think it's a director's episode and there's one where they are all around a round table. And it, is it Dave Filoni? Yeah. Um, is, it, is it Filoni? Or F- yeah, Dave Filoni, yeah, yeah. Filoni, yeah. yeah. I didn't know if I was pronouncing it right. But Dave Filoni sits there and he basically explains, I'm not going to even attempt because he did it so eloquently. He explains essentially the whole father-son yeah, um, dynamic thing. Yeah. Plot, the, the dynamic that yeah. runs through all of Star Wars. Yeah. And 
it was one of the only things I've seen which makes me it made me completely content with everything being the way it is. Yeah. For like just just for like hearing someone explain. Yeah. I know exactly it is, anyone who hasn't anyone's listened to this who hasn't seen that needs to just watch. I mean, first off, watch the Mandalorian. What are you doing? Yeah. But second off, watch the extras and watch the director's one where Dave Filoni explains it because it, it makes Star Wars okay. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Star Wars, but it makes all the things which you question make just, perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, it's he, such a good. Analysis. He really gets it, and I, I think he yeah. silences everyone. I remember all the. It's like yeah, afterwards, he's like, he thinks he's lost everyone. Yeah. He's like, Oh, did I go too deep? No, you you basically just took like four minutes or less. It's probably less than that. it's probably like a minute, and you summarise Star Wars and like what it means in yeah, it's in nothing. I really and, and that plays into what you're saying, like the whole the dynamic with it, where you assume it's like a father son thing, but it's not because Anakin's never had a father. Yeah, and it's, it's like yeah. it, the, the plot essentially condensed what Dave Filoni says is is that Anakin becomes that figure that he's never had essentially yeah um, it's on it's which so, it, it's good it is so smart and like when he breaks it down like that because i remember watching that and like you say you know i suggest to everybody who's interested in star wars go watch the the gallery series on disney plus mm. because it's such a fascinating look at the creation of something that is star wars but it's something of star wars that connects every part of star wars whether that's the the new trilogy, the original trilogy, or the prequel trilogy, it, it does so well to, to join them all together. And Filoni's sure. comment about it shows you just how it connects. And yeah, it's hearing it from somebody who's writing on one of these shows who just understands it from a base level of going like, Star Wars is a lineage thing and everything is connected. It, it does to... make you wonder, like, you sort of watch him say it and you're like, shit, did I ever understand Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it really is. You sit I was I was quieter for longer than the other directors are in the video because there is like a pause after he says it because he thinks he's just spun everyone out like he's he's gone too nerdy and they're all just sat there in awe like oh my god you've made sense of well what nine films now in such a short space well no he, he only rediscusses the the prequels and originals so it's, it's six films worth of explanation and he condenses it into into nothing and yeah. makes it and it's so perfect and yeah. I, I was there after watching and I sat for like a solid 30 seconds just like oh my god like that's genius and I, I'd never looked at, at Star Wars with the same the same perspective yeah. before um, before Dave Filoni said that so and it, yeah it plays a huge part in what you're saying about Revenge of the Sith with the, like I say with the brother brotherhood brother, um, yeah it's dynamic because Obi-Wan, like Dave Filoni says, isn't isn't a father figure. And that's the reason why he, he could never save him. Because if from it from the off, Obi-Wan never wanted to to take Anakin on. He's, he's like it's another he considers him like another pointless he he's like he says he considers he's another uh, picked up another useless life form. He says it about Jar Jar, but another yeah. useless life form is yeah. the initial useless life form he believes is Anakin. Uh, oh no, he's he says it about Anakin. Because they, they've picked up Jar Jar, sorry. So yeah, he's basically, yeah. he didn't want Anakin on board from the board. off. So it's yeah. like, he, he is a brother figure, not a father. And it's it's why he, he fails him, essentially. Yeah, and very much so. It's very, very yeah. intelligent in its kind of design. But I think that's something that doesn't hit until you're older with it. And you've sort of like, have processed it in a different way. I think mm. um, it literally didn't hit till I'd seen the Dave Filoni thing. For yeah. me. Like I always remember watching it and I never misunderstood anything. I, I loved the way it was presented. And then you, I, I just never seen it from that angle. Um, and it makes yeah. everything makes so much sense when, when you hear it, but watching Dave Filoni's comments aside, it's really, it's an intelligent, it's an intelligent ending. And what if, like I said, initially about the film already having kind of written itself, they, really ramped up when they did the emotional sequence between Anakin and Obi-Wan because it's, yeah, it, it wasn't just, it wasn't what you expected, if you know what I mean. It was sort of, um, it was, it was uh, they took it to a new level as far as like the emotion of the, of the, the ending goes. Oh, they really um, And having, having brothers like you do as well, it's, you, you can sort of, you're sort of, you can see yourself in the same shoes because, I mean, uh, my brother's never gone out and killed a load of kids and gone gone that wayward. As far as you like know. Neither of them. Yeah. Oh, God. But, like, the 
the dynamic of brotherhood is like something a lot of people can familiarize with. So when you, you're presented with something that's gone that south for reasons which neither of them really had any control over, it is, it's so much more sad, um, sad to see. It just detaching completely from like what is Star Wars, just as like a tale of of two brothers, you're sort yeah. of like, yeah, it doesn't really get more more raw because neither of them could have helped anything that they did. It's not like Obi Wan could have done anything different to make the situation smoother, and it's not like Anakin did anything wrong because if you were in his shoes, you'd probably do most of the same things. Um, yeah, and yeah, it it does it packs a punch when it, it when really it does. when it comes to a head, yeah. I think it's fair to say that Revenge of the Sith is something that both of us, and I think Luke would probably agree if he was here, if he hadn't abandoned us. <laughs> we'll never uh, know. Left our, our heart. He said at the start of this podcast there was an us, but it's just me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is where, like, what I, like as as like your, your camera just wobbles, and I see him, like, he's in shot. He was, like, next <laughs> to you the whole time. <laughs> so on our podcast, this is new for you. Mm. since you've last been on we came up with a consistently okay podcast rating system okay so out of 10 okays five being consistently okay okay what would you give each of the prequel films okay <laughs> you say okay a lot now <laughs> um the phantom menace i would i would rate that as as consistently okay that is as five out of that's as five okays as it gets that film is consistently okay and if it weren't for Darth Maul it would be one okay but something about that character and me just having got older and allowing it to exist because do you know what I loved it when I was younger I, I grew to dislike it and then now I'm like an old enough person that I can sit back and go do you know what Yes, it's it's five. It's consistently okay. There's a Phantom Menace. Should we move on to? Are you doing this as well? Or okay, yeah, let's do it. Like yeah, you do. Okay, yeah. okay. I would give Phantom Menace three okays. Oh, <laughs> it's those types. Just because for me, it really is just the Jewel of the Fates scene mm. and Liam Neeson. Mm. Um, oh yeah, of course. I have not mentioned Liam Neeson, but yes. Yeah, I think those things will give it the the okays, but otherwise, consistently okay for me is I can watch it and go, yeah, Phantom yeah. Menace. Most of it, I'm like, Ooh. yeah. Well, that's fair because I think I could, I could, I could watch that and go, yeah, sure. So yeah, I stand by what I said. Good. Based on your appraisal, I feel like I'm I've gone into this blind. Like I I've not done this before, so I I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm doing it wrong, but. I'm going to stick with it. I think I think consistently okay. And and you're going with three okays. Three okays. Three okays. Okay. Then attack, attack of the clones. Shall I go again? I'll, I'll yep. go first. I would give. I I feel attack of the clones is better than Phantom Menace personally. I prefer it. Okay. Um, for all the reasons I previously explained. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give attack of the clones. 6.5 okays. Oh, <laughs> so specific. What gives it the 0.5? What's the, what the seismic charge? Seven, but what gives the it? seismic charge? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, it, would be, it would be a consistently five okays, generally. Uh, but something about the, the inclusion of Django Fett and everything that comes with that, and me actually really enjoying the plot, I'm going to bump it. I'm going to bump it to 6.5. So it's 6.5 OKs for, 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 for Attack of the Clones. Good, good. I'd give Attack of the Clones... A... <laughs> I was going to actually know. Do you know what? I was going to give it a one. <laughs> I, was, I was hearing one then. I was like, that's but then one. I started that's to think... Nick, like, that's actually... the noise you make before you say one. Uh, but actually, you did change my mind on it in the the sense that I think you are right that the oh, plot of it works. I think the vindication. Execution. So I will give it a two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe I'll bump to three, but it's not so enough. I, I think that works. Okay. Wow. Two okays. I wonder if maybe I'm being too generous, but I'm sticking with it. I'm not. I'm not backing down. <laughs> I've said it. <laughs> okay. And and revenge of the Sith. 
this is tough because I don't want to go in hard here because I know I gave 6.5 and 5 respectively, but I don't want to go. I know I feel like it was a lot better than than Attack of the Clones. And I'm going to, I'm not going to do this out of, out of, as filming in general, actually. This, this is just out of Star Wars. So as far as Star Wars goes, I think Revenge of the Sith is, heck, it's as close as it gets, isn't it? I'm going to, I'm going to give it, Oh, I'm torn between two. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give it straight up eight OKs, eight out of ten OKs. That's that's what I'm gonna give it. Yes, done. Strong. Eight, I'm, eight OKs. I'm going for a nine. Oh, I was see, I was torn, but I'm sticking with the eight. Good. Yeah, the nine for me is just it's like you were saying and kind of elaborating there that the 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 brotherly connection there I think just gets me with revenge. It's it's the. Yeah, every time I think about that scene, there is a bit of me that chokes up. That's a bit like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd give it a nine, a nine. Fair, fair. I'm just trying to think in context of all Star Wars because of like there's other things. I was like, I would rate the Mandalorian ten OKs. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, I, I think, I think it's not close enough to be nine. Okay. I don't, I don't know why I have to justify this, but I feel like yeah. I don't want, I don't want hate comments coming at me, <laughs> tell it, telling me that it's a nine. I'll probably get it's an eight. Saying that <laughs> the a two or something. So. Huge, huge, like downplay there, but yeah, I mean six point okay. five is really high, but hey, strong, cool. So that wraps up this podcast. Our final of the three volumes on Star Wars. Next week, Luke and I are going to talk about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. So follow us on Twitter at ConsistentlyPod. Subscribe to our podcast on your favourite podcast app. Thanks very much, Harry, for joining us again this week. No worries. Always a pleasure. Yeah, good to uh, hold up this, this end of the bar. Or, or always got abandoned. You. We'll welcome you back at some point, I'm sure. There'll be other occasions that you'll you'll just appear in the in the Zoom chat. You'll just... I, to, to be honest, I think it might be interesting if, if you just drag me into something I haven't seen. Because uh, then... <laughs> Who knows what will come out of my mouth? It could be anything. We'll we'll do it. But we won't tell you which one it'll be. You'll just you'll just appear. But next week, you free? I'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> It'd be brilliant. Everybody, stay safe. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. So long.